Where's a good station? Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Defenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm here with longtime friend and buddy, fellow guardian of the grace, Guard Dog Steve. Yes, hi. How is everybody? Bill, I've got something to say. Last podcast, you called me your old friend? Were, were you saying I'm old or something? What the old was in reference to the friendship, the longevity of the friendship, not any reference to your gray hair and lack what, thereof. What gray hair? They don't know I have gray hair. <laughs> so it was a term of endearment, Steve. Oh, long, okay. Old friend is longtime friend. Longtime friend. Okay. They are not friend from long ago. Uh, and I'm afraid we have one other unpleasant thing to bring up. Yes. Apparently, someone quoted Elihu as saying, there is a spirit in mankind, and the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. There in the book of Job. In the book of Job, and they quoted, made a reference that it was in chapter 40. Right. And they would be you? That would be me. It was 32-8. In fairness, if you add 32 and 8, you would get 40. You would get 40, yes. But that was lame. So I apologize for anyone that went searching in Job 40 and saying they did not see it. You were right. It's not there. It's not there. And it, it won't be the last time we make that mistake and get the address of a verse wrong but when I did look at it uh, it said 32.8 there is a there is a spirit in man and it was mankind in general people and the breath of the almighty or the inspiration as it says in the King James gives him understanding and we tied that into 1 Corinthians 2 where this just says verbatim it's the spirit of God that gives you understanding of every good thing you have in Christ, in every good ability you have in Christ, so that you know where the good things come from, you act accordingly by the power of the Spirit to do them. You know, that would be a good podcast because last week we did a lot on the idea of the Spirit being the wisdom that you use to read the Bible with 
and it's the spirit that has the discernment to understand these spiritual exactly. thoughts expressed in spiritual words. Today, we could do the idea that it's the spirit who is the doer. It is the doer, and that's exactly what it's saying here. In fact, it says the next chapter after 32 would be 33, 4, hope I'm not wrong on this one. Of Job. It's the same word, the breath of the Almighty, or the mm-hmm. inspiration of the Almighty. In 32.8, it says gives him understanding. Right. Here it says it gives him life. Mm. The Spirit gives life. Flesh counts for nothing. Yeah. So it's in the energy of the Spirit that allows you to live the Christian life, to Just do the things that are pleasing, pleasing to, to God. God. Yeah, exactly. Just like in Colossians 1, 9 and 10, it says that you would bear fruit in every, every good, good work because you can do good works originating from yes, your you self-determination and they bear no fruit. They do not. They but do they not. are considered good, good works. Yes. They just bear no fruit because it takes the Spirit to bear fruit. Paul f- even said, and I think this is what he meant by it, that in regards to that, I don't even examine myself. He waits for the proper time, as in First Corinthians 3, the day will bring it to light, and each man's works will be judged accordingly, whether they be silver, gold, or costly stone, or wood, hay, and stubble. Reference to First Corinthians 3 is reference to the great white throne judgment. Exactly. Where your works will be tested by fire, to see what sort of work they are, what is the source of the work. Right. The fire is just like in the old times. It's how it burns up to dross so that you see the pure gold. It's meant to purify things. It's meant to test it, too. Yes. To see what its value is. Pure gold holds up to the fire. Pure silver holds up to the fire. Costly stones. I don't know much about costly stones, but I'm assuming the same thing. They, they can be tested. There's no cubic zirconium. In <laughs> exactly. It doesn't pass the test. It doesn't pass the test. Looks good. But doesn't pass the test. Right. And that's what counts. Has the appearance of, of good. So let's do something like that. Let's There's find some... out who the doer is. Yeah. We, we could go to the Beatitudes and First uh, Corinthians 3 and James... It'll give us a clear picture of who the doer is. Okay. Should we start off in the Beatitude in Matthew? The words of Jesus himself, yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay, if if I could get you to do me a favor, can you start maybe in 721? Because that's where it tells us that we have to be a doer. We have to do God's will. Okay, I'll do that. That makes you a doer. That's what doers do. That's what doers do. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, 
you evildoers in this translation. Okay. So here it says, only somebody who does the will of my father is the doer. Yes. And these people seem to be doing the will of the father because they were casting out demons and performing miracles in his name. I mean, I've never done something so righteous. They, they seem to have been doing things that are more righteous than I've ever done. Wouldn't they be considered the doer? Just looking at it, yeah. It says they're casting out demons, performing miracles. They're doing the will of God, it seems like. It seems like they are, but what disqualifies them from being called a doer? That's what we're going to find out. Why are they not called doers? Why are they not called doers, and what is a doer? Yes, that's the question, Steve. What is a doer? And this passage doesn't tell us what a doer is. It tells us to be a doer, but in, you're right, Bill. You're absolutely right. If you took this passage and said, I'm going to be a doer in accordance with this passage, you'd be off track because this passage actually never describes a doer. Because in my mind, I thought a doer is someone that does something. I don't mean to be simple, but... A, right. But these guys did something. They were doing yeah, not things. They getting credit for doing. Something. No, they were doing like in Colossae, where they were performing good deeds that bore no fruit. Exactly. So let's go to a Bible passage that defines it, because that's how we roll. Because that's how we roll. Did you know there is such a passage in the Bible that? defines or gives us the definition of a doer. Then that's where we should go. That's where we should go, huh? It's in James, the book of James. So let's all be turning to the book of James. For the Bible definition of what a doer is. Yes, and I'm going to have to say that it's going to, throw you off course it's going to blow your mind a little bit and then we're going to have to take a journey through the bible to learn all we can about who a doer is because we all want to be doers including the people in the parable we just read including the people that were listening to jesus at the time okay so let's go to james 1 maybe starting off in verse 22 maybe 22 yeah. okay that sounds good i have an niv in front of me would you do mind you, handing me yeah that? do you want me to read it yeah you got an nasb yeah yeah okay okay let's see i'm starting off in verse 22 james 1 22 prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers of the word who deceive themselves. You're actually proving that you are a doer of the word. What was the question? Define how what a... Can, how, how can you prove, prove yourself a doer of the word? There's a test. There's a test. And we're going to go to another passage for the test. But let's get the definition from Jimmy here yeah. in 
James. Mr. James. 124. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face or the face of his birth or his human nature and once he has gone away after he looked at himself in the mirror he forgets what kind of person he was the forgetful hearer is a person who looks at his natural face the face of his birth the face of the human who is on the driver's license and walks away and forgets what that person is, who he is. Very important for us not to forget who we are because Romans 7 is going to give us what a look in the mirror is like. We're going to see what our natural face looks like in Romans 7. And also, I just wanted to point out, this is another illustration of a temporal point of view and an eternal point of view, because it says he forgets what kind of person he was. That's an eternal point of view. He, he was from God's point of view. From he God's still point is of, from a temporal point of view. From a temporal, did I say eternal? No, no, you, you said it right. You, okay. You're making a good point. From the eternal point of view, he's past tense, natural man. Yeah. From a uh, temporal, temporal point, point of point view, view, he's being corrupted. Yes. Yes. Okay. So let's go to Romans 7 and look at what the natural man looks like. How he does. How he does. Okay. Romans 7, and I'll start off in verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, of human origin, human nature, sold into bondage to sin. I, the natural man, am sold into bondage to sin. I'm the natural man, not the spiritual man. That's the face of the natural man that you see in the mirror. And this is what I do. For that which I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I'd like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not will to do, I agree with the law, confessing that it is good. So now, no longer am I doing it, but sin which dwells in me is doing the calamity in my life. For I know, get a load of this, this is so you don't become a forgetful hearer, remember this verse, for I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my human nature. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. The doing is not there. Not there. I am in my human nature. All I can produce is, is works that compare with evil. 
compared to God's works. This attempt at doing is daunting. Right. You have to know this about yourself. That's what James said. The man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. Isn't that what this this passage is? I am of human nature. Is that not a look at his human face or the face of his birth, as James puts it? Especially if you line it up with what he just said about the law. He said that we know the law is spiritual, but contrasts that I am unspiritual or of flesh. Of flesh. Or not natural. Not able to do this. Okay. And Verse, if you consider... I'm sorry to interrupt, Steve, but if you consider the, the two words prazo and poieo, remember poieo from another podcast, in case you missed it, is to do a single act. And prazo, the other Greek word for doing, is habitually practice. He says, I don't do what I want, not a single time. That's poieo. But I prazo what I don't want to do. I habitually practice what I don't want to do. So he doesn't do the good a single time, but he habitually habitually practices yes. what he I, doesn't want to I do. I can read this passage, because I've done it before, I can read this passage with the insight that those two words give us. Could you do that? Yeah. Okay. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but I practice, habitually practice, the very evil that I do not will. But if I am doing the very thing I do not will, I am no longer the one doing it, but it is sin that lives in me, that is, in my human nature. I find then the principle, like a law of gravity, the same thing James said, we look at this principle, or James is going to say, we haven't got to that verse yet, but James is going to say the one who looks into this principle becomes the doer. But I find then the principle that it evil is present in me, the one who wishes to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law, a different principle, a different law of dynamics in the members of my body waging war against the law of dynamics that is in my mind, and it makes me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. The law of dynamics of sin which is in my members. The law of dynamics is that it'll never ever change, but sin is stronger than your own determination, and sin will enslave you and make you embarrass yourself. That's just like the law of gravity. The law of sin against your human nature will make you embarrass yourself every time. It's a law of dynamics. And that's what makes it a law is that it's 100% consistent every time it's tried or tested. Bill, Bill, you, you gotta say that again. That was perfect, perfectly said. Okay, I will, but there's not a 
law of me saying something the same way every time. <laughs> so keep that in mind. No, a, a law of dynamics or a principle is called a law or a principle because it is 100% consistent. Every time it is tested or tried, you get the exact same results without exception. Amen. Amen. That makes it a law. That's what we were talking about. And with James and, and Paul, James says, when I look at my natural face in the mirror, I have to remember that I that principle gets me every time. James law of the natural face in the mirror. Yes. And Paul's law of I don't understand what I do, the, the very good I want to do, I don't do, are one and the same. Are one and the same. Same principle, same exactly. law dynamic. Exactly. Now James is going to talk about the good law of dynamics next. So we should go back to James. This is the law of dynamics that allows you to be a doer. Now we're going to describe a doer for the very first time. I'm glad to get to this law. Yeah. Okay, so picking up in verse 25, that's James 1.25, that is after James talked about the person who looks at his natural face in the mirror and forgets that he has no chance of being the doer. So what does this guy do? It says, but the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, this is, that's that law of dynamics, and abides by it abides by that law of dynamics, he is not the forgetful hearer, but the effectual doer. The one who looks intently at this law of dynamics and abides in it, does not try to do it in his own human performance, but abides in this principle where the spirit does it for you it does for you what you can't do for yourself that is the doer the doer has just been defined he is the person that lets the spirit lets i should say depends on the spirit of jesus christ to do for him what he can't do for himself. That's exactly what it says in Romans 8, and I think it's worth looking at. It says the same thing as, as James is saying, so let's read it. They're all in tune with each other. So let's go back to Romans 7, and at the end of this catastrophe that's happening throughout Romans 7, I don't understand what I do, the the good I want to do, I don't do. The evil I want to not do, that I do consistently. Then he cries out, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he gives the answer, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God is the answer. Then he says, for the law of the spirit of the life in Christ. Christ is the doer. The spirit of Christ is the one that does for us what we can't do 
in our natural selves. Amen. Our natural face. So he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for the law, consistent principle again, the law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free, separated me from this law of the sin and death. Remember he said, who will separate me from that? That's what it means. Mm -hmm. Set me free is separate. Who will set me free? Who will separate me from this law, this consistent principle of not being able to be a doer of the word? This catch 22 that I'm in. And he gives the answer. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. But if we don't realize the natural man or we forget that the natural man is not the doer, we're stuck in this catch twenty two. Exactly, yeah. So let's let's look at eight one and then we'll go back to maybe the parable that okay. Jesus told in okay. seven. So he says in eight one there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free or separated me from the law of sin and death for what the law could not do God did God's the doer by sending his son the doer in the likeness of sinful flesh or sinful humanity he condemned sin in the flesh which would be the old man the The old man of us the sin guy is dead from the eternal point of view Right. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh in order to, for the purpose that all the righteous requirements will be fully met or done. Done. By the one that walks after the spirit. And not after after human nature. nature, The the natural man in the mirror. Yeah. The one who walks according to the Spirit's power and not the power of the human nature, he fulfills all the righteous requirements of the law. He is the doer, the one who relies on the Spirit to do it through him, the one who realizes he's not the doer and asks for the doer inside of him, Christ inside of you, the hope of glory, to do it for him. This is the doer. This is the doer that James was explaining to us. This is the doer that even Jesus, when he's talking in the Beatitudes, which is where we should go back to now with this newfound insight, we're going to see that Jesus is actually saying the same thing. Amen. He's, he's going to relate the doer and the hearer to the judgment that we read about in 1 Corinthians 3, say 10 through 16. He does. So if you want to go back to Matthew 7, I'll pick up in 1 Corinthians 3, 10. All right, perfect. Okay, so starting off in Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to pick up on verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine 
and does them, that's the doer, and does them, he may be compared to a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And listen to this. 1 Corinthians 3.10 By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise master builder. As the wise man. His foundation is on the rock. So, two wise builders. Two wise builders. They're saying the same thing. Jesus is describing what the 1 Corinthians 3 judgment tells us about. Yes. Okay. Then it says, the rain descended and the floods came and they... The winds blew against the building, but it did not fall down because it was built on the rock by the wise master builder. So it held up. And let me tell you what he, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.11. You just said he built his house on the rock. Paul says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid which is christ jesus isn't he the rock he is the rock so you lay the foundation on the rock or you build on christ yes verse 12 if anyone builds on this foundation using gold silver costly stones wood hay or stubble their work will be shown to describe what manner it is the day will bring it to light it will be revealed with fire, the fire which tests the quality of each man's work. Didn't we just see each man's work was tested in the story before in Matthew 7? Didn't James say, prove yourself to be a doer? Which is the same word, prove. Pass the test. Pass the test, yes. If what he has been built survives, the builder will receive a ward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet he will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Read the very next verse because it's crucial. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple or building and that God's spirit dwells inside of you? Don't you know that Jesus inside of you is the doer. Be the wise master builder who builds upon the actions that Jesus did through him. You lay claim to those to receive your rewards. Anything that you give yourself a pat on the back about, just like Jesus said in the gospel, truly they have their reward meaning they gave themselves the pat on the back, so truly that was their reward, their pat on the back. But if you want the reward by God, then give the credit to Jesus because Jesus is the doer. This is what's known as speaking and acting as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives liberty. In James there again, he wants us to speak and act as people who will be judged by that law, which we know in James 1 was the principle. In James 2, namely 2.12, James looks at at the perfect law that gives freedom as a, a judicial system law. 
And he says, speak and act as those who will be judged by this law, meaning speak and act as those who will know that they'll receive rewards for what they see Jesus doing in them by saying, it's not me, it's Jesus in me doing these things. Jesus is doing the works, and he says, you will do greater works because you'll, I will be in you. Hopefully it's becoming clear what a doer of the word is, because back when I heard these these passages being preached on, and the guy said, you got to be a doer, not just a, a hearer who hears the words and lets them go in one ear and out the other. That guy was telling me, I've got to take the commands and listen to them and do them. That's what I thought I was hearing. That's what my Christian life was, Steve. I had a, a do list and a don't list, and I was supposed to not do the things I used to do and start doing the things that I really didn't care to do. And I was taught to pray every day, to witness every day, to stop sinning every day. And then I would be a doer of the word. That's exactly what I thought a doer of the word is too. But I was a Roman 7 doer. Yes. And very frustrated and saw myself as a wretched man. I just about went out of my mind. I, I know you just about gave up on Christianity trying to be a doer of the word. But you see, to be a doer of the word, you have to look in the mirror. You see the natural man. You recognize his limitations, but you don't stop there. You look past that, and you see another man. Yes. The new man. And you put your confidence in that new man. Amen. And you rely on that new man who is the doer. He is the effectual doer, blessed in all he does. Exactly, blessed in all he does. So the new man is blessed in all his doing, and the old man of us is cursed in all his doing. As opposed to Johnny is blessed in all he does because he's the doer, and Joey is cursed in all he does because he's not the effectual doer. He didn't make the grade. He didn't rise to the level of perfection that God wanted. No, it's the doer is a nature. It's your divine yes. nature. And your human nature is not the doer. We've got to get this straight in our minds. When Christ was talking about the doer, he was talking about the doer who lets the divine nature do through him what he can't do in his own human nature. We just saw that from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said, I don't do what I want to do. The Apostle Paul said, the thing I want to do, what I want to avoid, I keep doing. The Apostle Paul said, the law of the Spirit of Christ has set me free. So he's talking about the law of the Spirit of Christ as a nature and the law of his flesh as a nature. Two natures, one person, not two people at different levels of trying. 
just before Jesus said the people would say to him, didn't we cast out demons in your, your name and didn't we do miracles in your name? Just before that, he said, you've got to make the tree either good or bad. There's yes. a good tree and it can't bear bad fruit and there's a bad tree and it can't bear good fruit. There again, he's talking about the two natures because when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, what should I do, good teacher, to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, why do you call me good? There's none good, good but, but Jesus. There is nobody who does good or is a good tree. Christ in us is the good tree. Exactly. And the bad tree is our human nature. Yes, exactly. That is the consistent principle of these two natures, and you possess both. Yes. Thanks be to God that one, from God's eternal point of view, has was crucified. That's why it's so important that we spent the last few weeks talking about, I've been crucified with Christ, and what does that mean? Exactly. But uh, then he goes on to say, but the life I live, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. That's the new nature. I love that in Galatians 2.20, where he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I do live in the body, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, for my benefit, to, to be the doer. Then he says the next verse in 21, Galatians 2.21, I do not, in the King James, frustrate the grace of God. Trying to get the old nature to do, be a doer, you're frustrating the grace of God in your life. It's You'll all saying the same to, thing. Frustration is trying to do the same thing over and over with the same failing results. The old man of us is never going to be the doer of the word. The new man of us is never going to fail at doing the word. Never. He does for us what we can't do for ourselves acknowledging just that simple point that he does for us what we can't do for ourselves is speaking and acting as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom. It is doing what you're supposed to as a Christian, and that's giving God the credit for what he does through you. That's why Jesus would always say, in the Gospels, oh, that person has his reward already because he was taking credit for what Jesus was doing through him. And that's a no-no. That's a no-no under our new covenant. We're not supposed to do that. Truly, we have our reward right then when we take credit for it. But if we want our rewards at the end of the age, at the great white throne judgment, we want to give credit to God for what he does through us. That's why Paul would say in the Corinthian letter, he said, what do you have that you haven't received? Right. And if you have received it, why, why do you, you boast? As if you didn't. As if you didn't, right. Boast, boasting on how good I did when it was actually the spirit of God in me doing the good for me is is just the wrong thing to do. For one, it's not practicing the truth. And 
John chapter 3 said, those who practice the truth will come to the light so it can be clearly seen that the good deeds that were done were done by God. That's John chapter 3 after he says, I didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. And he describes a judgment that he was going to do. And it was the judgment that whoever practices the truth, whoever practices saying it's not me doing it, it's not me who deserves credit, it's God in me who deserves the credit for doing this or that. Those That's practicing the truth. Those people who practice the truth can't wait for the, the judgment where your works are tested by fire and you can receive costly jewelry or not because you will receive costly jewelry if you're giving Jesus the credit for doing the things that are good through you. Like Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace towards me was not in vain because I labored harder than all the rest. Yet it wasn't me laboring. It was the grace of God in me laboring. That's why Paul said in Colossians, I want you to know how I labor so hard with Christ's energy in me. is his energy through me. And then he goes on to say, Jesus in you is the hope of glory. But all through the epistles and the gospels, you see where God always receives the credit for the good done through anybody. It's always God who receives the credit because they're practicing the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that it's God who does the good through you. And if you realize that and understand the point that that point is making, which is you can't live the Christian life. You need help to live the Christian life. Let God do it through you. See, that's why you praise God and give him credit for what he's doing because he is doing it through you and you need him. See, all that giving credit to him teaches you that you very much need him and you depend on him if you want your wife to be happy with you, if you want the boss to be happy with you, if you want to get along on this planet Earth, you need the good manners of Jesus. You need the wisdom of Jesus. You need the kindness of Jesus to speak through you. Then everybody will want to be around you. But if you're just manifesting yourself, nobody's going to want to be around that human nature, even though it's trying so hard to please God. But hopefully, by describing what a doer is and going over these scriptures that tell us what a doer is and getting a doer defined by the actual Bible, where James defined what a doer is, he's the guy who abides in the vine. The doer is the one who abides in the vine and he bears the fruit. So hopefully we've learned to depend, just we've got a deeper understanding of what it means to depend on God because of what we learn through the analogy of the doer. Just rightly dividing these passages and defining the doer 
and defining the one they can't do. Yes. Bible was never telling us about a Joe that could do it and a Johnny that can't do it. He was never comparing people to people and saying these people make the grade and those people don't. The, the Bible was never doing that. It was talking about natures. That's why I'm such at a loss of words right now. So I was just taking in what you were saying and I couldn't, my mind was wondering like, wow, I wish I knew what we just said not too many years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago, because I was a not only a doer, I was a striver mm-hmm. and a failer. And I didn't know about this law of the spirit. Of, I guess in, in one word, one sentence, I didn't know about this law of the spirit of the life in Christ that set me free from this law of the sin and the death not being able to do. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about James, the perfect law that gives liberty or freedom. I didn't know about that. I just read James, don't be a hearer only, but be a doer as get busy. The practical book. The the practical book. It is a practical book if you interpret it right. Right. Very practical. But all I heard was start doing. And do you try? Do you say, man, I can testify that nobody tried harder than you did to live the Christian life. I remember us both before we learned these truths and what we were like. It's comical. We, we could sit there and tell funny story after funny story about ourselves. They are funny if yeah. they weren't so sad. Yeah. And but, the, the worst thing, Steve, is I hate to admit, I became an incredible phony about it, too. Just BSing, for lack of a better word, people what, what I was doing in my life trying to put on my Christian church mask and say Christianese sayings like they were saying. And it was death. The best word to describe it is what Paul used. It was, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. I didn't know about the spirit of the life in Christ. And I'm going to listen to this podcast myself and apply it too because I got room to grow in this. Occasionally, I still put a little confidence in the one who's not a doer or the flesh. Unlike Paul, who said, I put no confidence in the flesh. But if anyone has reason, he did. But he said, I put no confidence in the flesh, but I glory giving the credit to Christ Jesus. I glory in Christ and put no confidence in the flesh. What a freedom. It's a different way of life than my Christian life used to be. This way of life in Christ Jesus is just far different than that way of life in striving. You just came up with a good word. Strive, 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 strive. I was always striving to be a better Christian and always disappointed in myself. Frustrating it just the didn't grace work. of God. It didn't work. I couldn't do it, but I have to give this testimony, though, that I blossomed as a Christian. I became a much better Christian after I stopped trying to live the Christian life. And I just prayed to God every night. I need more of you. I need more of you. I need more of you. 
and I got more of him. It was a cool thing, but I got more of him. It's been that way ever since, man. I hope you guys out there give it a try. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close by praying that, God, you would make them want to try the way of life in you. You would cause them to want to at least give it a try, give it a chance. Just see if life is better when everyone relies on you. Everybody who's listening to this podcast, I'm asking you, God, to cause them to give it a try and see if it's not a better way of life. It works better. Cause them to try, Father. Cause them to try. That's all I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I'm a little conflicted now because I'm going to ask our podcast audience to do something. Oh, okay. <laughs> By the Spirit. Though. By the Spirit, yeah. What I want to ask our podcast audience to do is something that I've not been successful at doing either. So I'm going to ask you to do it by the Spirit. But when you go to our podcast, however you get it, there's a place where you can share the podcast with someone. Hit the share button. Hit the share button. You can send it by text. You can send it by email. You can send it by Facebook. In other ways, but mainly texting and emailing. Hit share, type in their phone number, and hit send on the text, and they'll have it. Also, you can go to guardinggrace.com. One word, guardinggrace.com. That's our website. There's two places you can go. One says podcast button. One says join us. They both get the same result. You'll go to the podcast. It'll be on Podbeam. You can download any podcast. I think we have 50 now. And those you can listen to and hit share and text it or email it to someone that you think might want to listen to it. Yes. Or might want to debate those two rascals, Guard Dog Steve and Bill. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do a share a day. And ask God yourself, is what they're saying really true? doesn't hurt our feelings to do that in fact we encourage it yeah we encourage that so with that we'll, we'll say good night that we love you guys good night everyone we love you